if you are using technology to do something that you could just very easily do on paper, it's time to ask some deeper questions. The topic of today's podcast is Teacher Insights with Lee Foltz, a middle school science teacher. Tech Talk for Teachers. Want to practice? Tech, tech Talk for Teachers. The podcast where teachers discuss how technology can positively transform teaching and learning. I'm Rena Clark. I'm Paul Beckerman. And I'm Pam Beckerman. We are digital learning specialists. And we're here to share actionable teaching strategies for remote and blended learning. Education, Education is our passport to, to the, the future. future. To get started, our quote of the day or really the week, comes from Walt Disney. It's fun to do the impossible. So although that was a short quote, there's a lot to take away. So we'll get started with your insights, Pam. Well, Disney is definitely known for making the impossible, making those dreams come true, right? I suspect their Imagineers must have a lot of fun imagining the unimaginable. And I can't almost imagine their uh, how much they enjoy that strong sense of pride in their accomplishments for making that impossible possible. I love that word, Imagineers. That's like one of the greatest words mm-hmm. ever. Like how, If you want a job description, that's like perfect title for your job. Well, what I was focusing on was, you know, the impossible part, and that sounds really hard, right? But hard is not bad. We need to get out of our comfort zone sometimes. And and really, when I think about it, it's the things that challenge us the most and the obstacles that are the most difficult to overcome that will be the things that shape us the most in the future and really the things that we will most remember, kind of like a pandemic, right? And overcoming all that. I mean, we are growing from that and getting better. If it comes easy, it's pretty easy to take it for granted. And one thing we definitely don't take for granted is hearing and learning from our great teachers. And I'm really excited to introduce our guest teacher today, who is absolutely a great teacher, Leif Voltz. He's a colleague of mine. I know I'm so excited. He teaches middle school science in my district, just outside of the Twin Cities area in Minnesota. And we're so happy to have you with us here um, today, Leif. Can you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, for sure. Thank you again for having me here today. Um, Like you said, I teach just north of the Twin Cities and I've been there for about eight years. I am originally from a small town up in northern Minnesota and attended university up there as well. I have wanted to be a teacher for a very long time. In fact, just this last week, my mom was digging through the scrapbooks and found a piece (laughs) of information for when I was in second grade. And it said, oh, I want to be a teacher. Now, I do not remember saying that but my mom of course was very prideful like yes I've always known <laughs> I mean I wanted to build a house out of gummy bears so your ambition is a lot better <laughs> you know honestly it was because I just love learning and I was just like you know I just want to stay in school I just want to be in school all the time <laughs> and you know what you are building children and lives and futures not gummy yeah, bear houses but those are good too <laughs> yep I turned out okay you did <laughs> you did Bruna. More so. Yes, more than okay. More More than than okay. okay. (laughs) Well, we are so glad to have you with us. And I certainly know that you have been experiencing the shifting in education with the pandemic. Um, We start, you know, if you want to tell a little bit about the shifts that you've experienced so far in our journey this year. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So March 14th, sitting in my living room, Governor Walls in the state of Minnesota saying, well, you're not going to school on Monday. 
that was the beginning of the roller coaster, I would say. And since then, it's uh, been a little, it definitely has been a roller coaster, but I've definitely uh, leaned back on the times of my life when things have been crazy and different and you're trying to make it work. Uh, like working at a summer camp or things like that where you can't really predict it, but you're just going to have to make it work. Um, a lot of the work that I did in preparing for this kind of learning scenario was pre-done by the work that I've done with like our blended learning cohort in our district, which Pam and Paul were a part of. So thank you very much for that. Um, it's been a lot of trying to plan and trying to see ahead what we're going to need um, and predict for that future that we don't know will come. So, so in that uncertainty of kind of looking ahead and, and now we're looking back a little bit, right? Um, what have, what have been some of the biggest successes along the way? My greatest successes has really been paring things down so that they are as simple and straightforward for our students. Um, really making sure that I'm relying on that kiss method of really taking out the extra things that don't need to be there. Um, yes, that makes me sad sometimes because a lot of that magic that we get to do in our classroom is all on those little nitty gritty things that seem extra. So in a way, it's it's having to cut away the extra in order to make sure that I'm providing a space for my students to feel safe, cared for, and a space that's predictable because they don't have anything that they can predict and within that predictable space, I have found that I can create a space where students actually want to come back. And that too has been key because a 12 or 13 year old having to learn independently at home, like they don't want to come. <laughs> they just want to <laughs> sit online and look at YouTube videos. So um, if I can create something that's predictable, something that they don't absolutely groan at when they think of, that's really been my goal. And then within that, the magic can happen within that structure. Well, I sure do appreciate middle school teachers. I live with a middle school teacher and I've taught sixth grade, so I can't imagine doing it in this format. So thank you. Um, and something you said earlier really struck me about your adaptability. And I think that's just so important about also how we take students because we're teaching them those skills for jobs that haven't even been invented yet. And think really, this is like we're preparing them. We talked about this really being project-based learning happening for teachers. So thank you for embracing that. And as you've been embracing that, really, what have been some of those challenges you found and ways that you've really worked to overcome them? Um, slow and cumbersome technology and software. That's <laughs> I would say is my number one. And I still struggle with that now. It's, you know, I I just have my one computer, but I luckily have two screens. That has been a huge benefit for me. But having a Google Meet open while having GoGuardian open, while trying to simultaneously look at our grade book so I can get the kids into the breakout rooms and everything just moves at a really glacial pace. And so there is a lot of time where I'm saying to students, all right, while you're waiting, I would like you to X, Y, Z, as we do in class, you know, we always have those kind of in between times. Uh, the other biggest challenge, again, is just having students arrive. Um, and that's one of the things that we all have struggled with tremendously. And it's one of the things that causes me greatest concern um, are the students who I don't see or hear from. It's one thing to have them show up and to not turn on their camera or to turn on their microphone. I understand that. 
you know, because everybody's in a very different space and it's very uncomfortable, particularly when you're an adolescent and you're hyper aware of how everybody views you. So I don't, you know, no harm, no foul in kids who don't turn their cameras on or stay muted the whole time, even though it's hard sometimes. Um, but I really worry about my students who haven't, haven't shown up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a challenge. I've had the privilege to be in your classroom and see how you masterfully design learning, but your teacher presence, you're amazing in that space. So how do you, how do you do that in a virtual space? Um, yeah. With your students. Yeah. I, in collaboration with my colleagues, again, that's another side piece too. I am not working in a silo and I am not building all these things on my own. I have gained so much from the community that I work within and I would not be able to be successful if I did not work in the place that I worked in. So a really big shout out to everybody in the building that makes it possible. Um, one thing that um, one, me and one of my colleagues have committed to is consistently having something fun every single day. And at the beginning of the year, that was incredibly important because we only had students every other day in a hybrid setting. And so to develop any sense of community, we always start with two weeks of community building activities that's really setting our classroom protocols and procedure. And that really sets the tone of who we want to be. We extended that throughout the entire process of hybrid learning. We never stopped building community through games and activities. Plus, it was really nice and helpful for students to go outside and take a mask break. That was one thing when I pulled students uh, once we went into distance learning, trying to identify the things from them, specifically what they appreciated and what they didn't appreciate, the games and activities was something that they so wanted overwhelmingly across both my eighth grade and sixth grade classes. And so I've worked very hard to have something fun every single day at the beginning of class. And that way too, they know it's safe because when we're having fun, we feel a little bit safer. And two, then they want to join. So I feel like my numbers may be a little bit more consistently higher than they would be otherwise. I guess I don't know. I don't have the data to support that. Um, But it's, it's, Again, creating that safe space through games, through activities that um, make them feel like everything's normal when everything isn't. Love that. Yeah, that Relationships so first. Important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Community above everything. I mean, that that is that is really so important. What if we hopped in a time machine here, Leaf, and whisked you back to like last March before the governor's announcement? What would you um, have told yourself before this all started? Like, what have you learned that you wish you had known back then? The importance of taking care of myself, uh, my mind, my body, my soul, and making sure that that is a top priority. I think it's incredibly easy to, as I mentioned before, with students disappearing and having that gut-wrenching aching sense of, I don't know where so-and-so is and I don't know what's going on, that that could eat me alive if I don't take care of the inner parts of who I am. So (laughs) I always have struggled getting a lot of sleep. And so this year I have committed to getting at least seven hours of sleep. And I... I wish that I, six months ago, had said, this is really important because, again, it took me a while to realize that this was important. September was difficult. September was difficult. Um, So I wish I would have known that and started that sooner. I think also 
I I wish that in the process over the summer, as I was contemplating what it was going to look like in the fall, because I really took time both in the spring and over the summer to look at literature and kind of develop my own. And this is going to sound very nerdy, but my own like philosophy of digital learning or like a manifesto of digital learning so that every decision that I was making would fit into what I knew was research based and like identified by researchers as being really of high efficacy. So, and, so you mean you were doing good teaching? That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> that's not nerdy. That's just how good teaching. Right. <laughs> so I wish that within that, because it was like, and when I put it together, it was like, okay, a lot of these big things and this and that. No, it's, it's actually all the same things that I was doing before the care and consistency, the care and concern and predictability of the space that I provide. Um, and to really lean into that earlier on, we have found that space for sure, but it, you know, of course it took a little while to get there. I am really proud again of the work that me and my colleagues have done. And we started at the beginning of the year in using digital notebooks for all of our students. Every week we have a Google slide that is our mini unit for the week. Mondays are a phenomena. Tuesday are tear into it Tuesday where we have the main chunk of information. Wednesday is wonder Wednesday where they can explore more. And then on Thursday we review and Friday we have a quiz and we do that every single week with a new mini unit and we don't have any big unit tests. And so that felt like a risk when I was starting in the fall because I'd never done that before. And six months ago, I wish I could tell myself, that's going to be the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> awesome. I want to go to Wonder Wednesday. I'm, I'm curious right now. I want to be there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. My colleague, uh, Aaron, does such a great job. We have done a really nice job splitting up the tasks so that we are balanced because we also had some really decent conversations with that eighth grade work. Um to make sure that we're both uh, taking care of ourselves and each other. And so we've really split that up. And there's always something new um, that goes outside of that spectrum, but allows students to kind of explore at a new level. And um, that's always fun to see uh, every week. And I know earlier you talked about how you had the opportunity to actually engage in blended learning before pandemic even hit. Yeah. Um, what are just some strategies that you were able to take away from that and apply to what well, sounds like you've been in a couple of different situations. So hybrid learning or distance learning. I think the idea that technology does not solve problems. And if you are, te if you are using technology to do something that you could just very easily do on paper, it's time to ask some deeper questions. Do I still use technology in the same way that I would use things in paper format? Absolutely, because it's more organized and it, kids don't lose things. Um, and we can look at the history. So when they say, I just, it, it disappeared. I don't know what happened. Oh, it's <laughs> all right there. Surprise. Um, some of those components are still uh, beneficial, even though they are replicating paper policies. But it's I think the, the main component of blended learning that I would take away is the sense of making sure that my students are the ones who are connecting with each other and that I'm not doing the work for them. And how can I use technology in a way that allows them to do that more efficiently, no matter where they are? Oh, I love that. Me too. Is it time for a tool talk? <laughs> I think it is. Lee, we are very curious. What are your favorite, what's your favorite tech tool or tools that you've been using with your students? You know, it, 
in coming back to my ideas of like, what are the most important things and keeping it simple for my students, it was important to not identify new things that I wanted to try with my students this year because they are already dealing with a very brand new situation and I don't need to add more clutter to their lives, especially considering at a middle school level, they're just figuring out how to have multiple classes and multiple teachers. So I've really rested in some of my old favorites of Flipgrid and Padlet. Those are simple, straightforward ways that I know as a teacher, I know how it works and I know how to build it. But students also recognize them and that sense of familiarity really allows them to do the work that we would ask them to do instead of taking the energy to learn how to use a new piece of technology. And then they're frustrated and they don't want to do it anymore. So it's really relying on the things that students know and understand instead of reinventing the wheel all the time. Mm, I really like that. Those high leverage tools that you can use for so many things. And I appreciate what you're saying about that cognitive load of the students and where their energy is being put. You don't want their cognitive load on the tool, but on the learning. So if you can have them comfortable with the tool and use it in many different learning experiences, that's such great advice. I love that too. And these are, these are all-star tools. I mean, these are fantastic and you can use them in so many ways. One of the pieces that I love about both of these is the collaborative aspect of them. And you talked about the importance of, of that interpersonal piece leaf. And, you know, you took your breaks, you try to get kids connecting, you do fun things. That collaboration can be fun and kids are craving that because they're, you know, they're stuck at home alone. Yes. That collaboration piece is, is really my big one on that. And I think that collaboration can amplify learning because you're bringing in so many more people and, and that connection piece. Rena, what about you? What I love about both of those as well is that they've been repurposed in so many creative and different ways and they just keep growing. I know there have been a couple updates, but just seeing how other people use the same tool in a completely different way that I never thought of. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And I, they don't have to learn another thing. No more cognitive load. Um, I also love that Yes, even like Flipgrid, though it's video, you can show your writing, you can show, but it it really supports all your different types of learners or the way that you like to, you know, share your, how you learn or what you've learned. So, and I love Padlet because you can do all of them, voice, video, all of that stuff. So they're all great tools. I just wish that Padlet people would be free again. So there's my little plug to them. So thanks. <laughs> For teachers and educators anyways. <laughs> I'm just saying. You get what? Three, three free, right? <laughs> yes, I, I totally agree. I find myself, okay, which ones can I delete? Which ones? I know, I'm like, oh, come on. So, <laughs> but that leads us into our next section of our one thing. And we still need our little song. One thing, one thing. That's right. There it is. Your, so your one thing is not that Padlet's free. <laughs> no, it's, it, don't walk away thinking that. No, no, no. <laughs> Padlet, if you're listening, we still love you. But yes. we love you so much, we love it more. <laughs> well, my one thing takeaway from your, our conversation tonight, Leaf, is I loved how you said uh, repeatedly about keeping it simple, keeping it predictable, keeps it safe for our learners, and it helps build in the importance of building community and relationships. That's my takeaway. Yeah, I would, I would echo that community and relationship piece. And I really love how you said you extended what normally would be maybe a two-week thing throughout the whole year. And that's so key. Yeah. And see, this is where I'm going last, not fair. Uh, Cause they've pretty much taken it. 
whatever I would have said, but I do love that, you know, relationships are at the center of everything. And you've even talked about your relationships with your colleagues. You brought that up, how you're collaborating with them, relationships with students. And I can tell you really care about your students. And I think that you are really preparing your students for a future. So I love that you're providing that opportunity for your kids and that they want to show up because it sounds like they want to show up to all your fun days of the week. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be there on Wednesday. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I got to be honest, sometimes I try games and it's a big flop. So don't think it's all like just happy roses and daisies all the time. No, but you're showing them that they can fail forward. And That's I think right. that, that is so important. I think one of the funny, one of the funny takeaways of this week, again, because I, it's a piece for me to not make them turn their cameras on or their mics on because it's a safe space and I don't want to force them to do something uncomfortable with. But the realization I had this week is I feel sometimes like a radio host because I don't see or hear any feedback, especially early in the morning, but I'm all awake and alive. So it's kind of fun. (laughs) It's the Leaf Volps podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And by the way, speaking of podcasts, we really appreciate you joining us today, Leaf. So how about a quick little applause for Leaf? Yay! Thank you. And I was thinking, Leaf, you have the perfect name for a science teacher, right? Biology, Leaf. Electrical engineering, Volts. In fact, we appreciate you leafing us with some of your teaching insights, and you have added a few extra volts of energy to our show today. I'm really sorry about that. But really, hopefully everybody gets a little (laughs) boost to get you through another week of teaching. And until we see you again for the next episode of Tech Talk for Teachers, thank you, Leaf, and thank you, everybody out there. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk for Teachers. We invite you to visit us at avidopenaccess.org, where you can explore tech tips, grab-and-go lessons, templates, and videos that will help you bring remote learning to life. We want to hear from you, so let's continue the conversation. Join us each Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Central for live chat on Twitter, where we will facilitate conversations related to remote and hybrid learning. Look for hashtag Tech Talk for Teachers, We will discuss your responses on future podcasts. You can also call us and leave a message at 858-223-8999. Please share your comments or feel free to ask us a question. Once again, that's 858-223-8999. We'll be back here next Wednesday for a fresh episode of Tech Talk for Teachers. Thanks for listening and have a great week. And remember, go forth and be awesome. Thanks for all you do you make a difference.